Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best Seat on the Couch, the podcast where everything is just according to Keikaku. Keikaku means plan. My name is Alex. Editor's note, my name is Iris. I'm Marcus. And I'm Michael. And today, we are talking about the anime series Death Note. The series, directed by Tetsuru Araki and produced by Studio Madhouse, premiered in October 2006 and concluded in June 2007, running for a total of 37 episodes. The anime was adapted from the manga of the same name by Sugumi Oba and Takeshi Obata, which ran from December 2003 and concluded in May 2006, totaling 108 chapters over 12 volumes. The series follows Light Yagami, a genius high school student who is dissatisfied with the world around him until he comes into possession of the Death Note, a notebook that allows you to kill anybody as long as you know their name and their face. Light soon convinces himself that he can change the world by killing criminals with the Death Note, causing the world to realize that there is some kind of force punishing the world's major criminals. Sensing that there is a killer behind this force, the world's greatest detective, simply known as L, sets out to uncover who is responsible for these mass killings. The anime was met with widespread critical acclaim, especially with a Western audience, spawning numerous other adaptations such as novels, live-action TV shows, films, video games, and a <laughs> musical. And What? <laughs> yes. And as always, there will be spoilers. So... As the uh, token weeb of this friend group, uh, I my experience with Death Note actually comes from the manga, the Japanese comic. Uh, I grew up reading the Death Note manga in uh, Shonen Jump. I have, I think, most of the volumes at home. And so I, I've read the story uh, about 10 years ago, uh, all the way through, and I, I'd reread it on occasion just to uh, remind myself of the story and like the plot twists that happened to it. And I, I personally really liked Death Note. I didn't mind too much of uh, the the uh, second half uh, until I, I started reconsidering it for this anime, and we will touch on that later. But I had never watched the anime before until this past week. And... Uh, I, I didn't know it was so popular because I feel like the anime is what made Death Note accessible to a wider audience, whereas the manga was more of an insular group. And so I watched it for the first time uh, last week. And man, it is it is an interesting trip because uh, I only watched a couple of episodes, select episodes that Michael had recommended to us. And uh, having known the whole story... I can say that they really turned up the melodrama on some of the scenes, and I think, in my opinion, that is a good thing, because you can't really translate um, the art of the comics uh, into the, uh, the scenes uh, super well, because in the manga they would take up like an entire page for a single panel to really highlight a moment. I think they just translated that into the dramatic pen flourishes that Light does whenever he's killing somebody. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the anime. I do think there were some moments where uh, the pacing was a little off. Um, that might have just been because of my experience with the manga. But yeah, I'm really curious what the rest of y'all thought 
of the anime because I know everyone here has a bit of a different history with watching this anime. Before we go into like the descriptions, I just want to say, Alex, claiming to be the token weeb uh, at this couch is a bold assertion. Oh, wait, who what? who else is a contender? Yeah, I mean, it's not me. It's not me. Okay, I definitely feel like at least one of you two would have like stepped up to fight him about that. Maybe I'm just <laughs> off base. We've, I was, this is episode 59. We've established this. These are our roles. <laughs> I'll commenting on that in fact so and also building on what alex said this was well like okay except for Oren high school host club <laughs> this was basically the first anime that i watched and it was six years ago when i was in college so like i, I alex is still the weave i don't don't get me wrong i <laughs> i i didn't watch anime at all until college basically um and of the anime that I watched, it was kind of really only, like, the big hitters. Like, this one is, like, iconic and up there. Um, and, yeah, so I really did want it to be, um, I don't know. It, I brought this to the podcast because this one really showed me, when I watched it, what anime could do. And it did it really well. Like, this is by far probably if not the best, one of the best anime that I watch. It's like in the top three or top five for me. Then again, I haven't seen a lot of anime in general, but like I I, I kind of akin Death Notes to like, it's the most, like it's not the most, it's one of the most sort of non-anime animes out there. Um, just compared to a lot of the other stuff that we've watched on this show. Um, it really, it at least personally, it really takes itself very seriously and yes there's a sort of a lot of melodrama and there's a lot of like you know classic sort of uh uh exaggeration moments but like it 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 takes it does it with care in a in a way that a lot of anime that i watch doesn't really do in 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 a way um so yeah i love this anime that's where i'm at uh, I mean, I'm uh, so I. This is the first time that I've watched this anime, and I, like Alex, I watched the curated list uh, per Michael, and um, I, there's, it's very hard for me to describe how I felt about this anime because in in many cases I really did enjoy it, and in many cases I was like, wow, this is so extra. I I am certainly not actually <laughs> sure whether or not this is something that I should be like seriously laughing at or like is this like something that i like am i supposed to feel good for light for like fucking storing a camera in his potato chip bag and somehow (laughs) gloating over it like he's the new god of the new best scene in the anime one thing that michael did say which i have to agree with wholeheartedly is that this anime takes itself very seriously and for that i have to give it props because it definitely uh it, it sticks to its guns in terms of what it's really trying to do. And what it's really trying to do is is take you on this, uh, not necessarily philosophical journey, but it is definitely a journey in which you are looking at Light and you're looking at L and later Nier and Mellow uh, as they as they have this battle of wits and as they have this, this uh, psychological warfare, if you may. And like that part... Uh, that's all that's that's my shit like i really enjoyed that overall and you know michael had had definitely you know kind of hyped it up as something that you know 
if you're into it, this is something that you would really enjoy. And I, sure, I certainly did. Um, but I will say that if for some reason that isn't what's grabbing you about this anime, uh, like if, if what you're more concerned about are the characters or the way that the plot progresses or the pacing, as Alex mentioned, I think this show actually does kind of fall short in a lot of ways compared to at least animes that I think we've discussed on this show previously. Um, I think that uh, it, 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 age, it shows its age a little bit. I don't necessarily want to say that it does things more poorly because it's older, but I think that you know back in, in the early 2000s, animes I think were more consistently like this, and uh, I think that the formula, if you may, has been improved a little bit to the point where I think it's more engaging to viewers, uh, especially the adaptations from manga. Um, but overall, this was a really... It was a trip. Uh, it was a very kind of mentally, not exhausting, but mentally engaging trip. It, it required your full attention. And as somebody who was 100% aboard the hype train, uh, I can say that I got off the final station on a happy note. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll sort of follow up on, on uh, kind of Marcus's tack. Well, actually, briefly, I will say... I, many, many, many years ago, and I don't remember how long ago, it might have been late high school, it might have been early college, I'm not quite sure, but I remember trying, like, like, like starting the first episode of Death Note, and then just, like, not really getting grabbed by it, not really enjoying it all that much, uh, and I think, you know, I'm not entirely sure, like, what didn't, you know, excite me about it then, it might have been at a time where I just was not familiar enough with anime as, like, a, 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 a medium, in order to like really be able to engage with it, it might have been, you know, just I was in a period of my life where I took things like took a lot of uh, media at face value very quickly. Uh, because I remember when I watched this again, you know, within the last week with Alex, the first episode, you know, like near the end, I turned to him and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. That's what I missed last time. He's explicitly the villain, right? Like, Light is explicitly the bad guy. Just because he's the protagonist doesn't mean, you know, that we're supposed to be rooting for him, right? He's, like, you know, this this uh, incredible, like, world-scale ego, you know, that gets, you know, handed, uh, you know, unthinkable power and then just goes absolutely insane, right? We're not supposed to be rooting for him, which I think, you know, I missed all those years ago. On the new rewatch... Uh, it definitely takes itself seriously, but I was finding that I could not take it seriously. You know, uh, like the 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 sheer just the density of the the melodrama, the sort of the the hyper dramatized. You know, like the action sequences with the Latin chanting in the background, and all he's doing is writing names in a notebook. You know, there's the big heavy you know uh, chords slamming down, and he's doing big flourishes with the pen, and it's like, yes, we know, like academically, like he is in the act of murdering people. Like it's pretty heavy, but. All that melodrama about he's writing really hard in this notebook, you know, uh, it, I could not help but laugh at it. I could not help but laugh at it because it, it was ridiculous how seriously they were treating it. And the same, I think, sort of tenor really for me continued through a lot of the action sequences. And I will admit, you know, I did not watch the entire show. Like I watched selected episodes, you know, as is as is our standard for TV shows, but so many times where, you know, 
it's all according to my plan and I predicted this and that and you know uh like all these flashbacks happened to justify why you know Light's plan or L's plan or later Nier's plan was actually working uh when we thought it wasn't going to you know it the storytelling felt so like hyper serious hyper dramatic like that even if it were like not as ridiculous as it is it would have felt you know kind of goofy that much hyper seriousness on top of like absurdly convoluted you know uh like complicated to the point of ludicrousness plot twists plot developments it just made it seem kind of ridiculous. It made it seem kind of farcical to me. And I don't say this to be that it's like it's a bad story. I say it to be that it felt comedic to me in just how seriously it took itself. And I think that's absolutely a reasonable minds may differ sort of sort of thing. But I would be kind of surprised if you or if if the 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 writers of the show came out and said that it had not been their intent to channel some of that or with the writers of the manga i i don't actually know like how the how the manga does with this and alex you look like you want to have a point on this <laughs> um but i would be very surprised if they said they meant it for people to take it as seriously as it treats itself mm-hmm. um i'll quickly answer your point you made just now iris um the the anime and the manga is pretty much a one-to-one adaptation except for the ending so i mean the scenes we watched in the first couple episodes are basically copy and pasted from the manga to the anime. The dialogue's exactly the same. Story beats are the same. Um, and I do think it is unfortunate with uh, our our viewing schedule for the uh, for the show because I think a lot of the really good parts of Death Note is in the suspense because. Um, the list that you made, Michael, as I mean, as great as it was, it it was showing the the endings, the, like the reveals of a lot of this buildup that the story arcs build towards. It's like if we watched a uh, Sherlock Holmes, uh, one of those Sh- Sherlock Holmes hour long episodes, and only watched the last fifteen ten minutes of it and got the reveal, and we didn't ha- really have the context for that. Uh, and so I do, I do wish that we had a little more time when preparing these episodes to really watch a show to its uh, full length to get the whole experience. But yeah, I think that is a little bit of a a byproduct of how fast we had to watch it. I will say, however, that uh, Michael, you did recommend us watching the dub, and I I think the dub cast is stellar. L especially has a yes, great yeah. voice. He yeah. he. Uh, whoever plays L plays the character perfectly. I do think White's voice actor is a little cheesy sometimes. <laughs> I, I wholly agree. A I wholly little agree. cheesy. <laughs> You're just a touch cheesy. You're just, you know, yeah. at least uh, a little thick. <laughs> yeah, especially in those melodramatic moments. You can definitely tell the actor was kind of hamming it up. Um, and that's why I really like, I mean, he can play, whoever's playing Light can play, like, really good moments, uh, good characters, uh, believable characters, especially when Light lost his memory. I think that was his best performance. But when he's being evil, he's definitely turning up the ham. Yeah, I, back to Iris's point, as well as commenting on what Alex just said, I think that, I don't think that you're wrong 
to say that there is a comedic element to the amount of melodrama in this series. Um, I will agree that it is, in your words, hyper-serious. And I think, at least in my opinion, it is intentional and it does, it like, it adds something. Um, the, the, the way that I think about it is like this. Like, the show is being very serious, right? Like, overly serious. But it's specifically because we're in Light's view, Light's point of view. And he thinks himself so important that the show the show's seriousness and its tone warps around him like the show becomes so serious because light himself thinks that he is worthy of that seriousness that he is literally god right and that's not to say that you know if someone doesn't enjoy the the amount of seriousness in it that's like that's that's on them right i, I just i just think that it was an intentional choice to put that melodrama there because it adds something to Light's character without ever saying anything. It like, it really shows that he thinks so much of himself that even the show itself thinks so much of himself. Like when he's doing those brushstrokes with his pen, killing people left and right and like taking a chip out of the potato bag and eating it. <laughs> In his mind, he is an absolute genius. That no one can compare it to. He is literally God. And in that sense, the melodrama enhanced those moments because of that. We feel not the weight of the situation, but what Light thinks the weight of the situation is. And I, I think this got a lot easier with, with L kind of becoming more of a central character in kind of the episode like uh, 10 through 25 arc or whatever. But... If you, if you humor Light in a sense as the viewer and you're like, okay, I will take this as seriously as you're taking this as seriously, then I, I truly believe the show becomes way more enjoyable. Because at that point, you, you get invested the same way Light gets invested. You, you know, you see the little buildups as Alex was speaking about how there's like little, little, you know, episodes that kind of build up to the twist that eventually when you get to the twist, you're like, oh, wow, Light actually, you know, got him good. All according to Keikaku. <laughs> yeah, all according to Keikaku. And, and at that point, you feel like, you know, you've you've watched this character, like, you know, lay the groundwork and pull these little strings and, and it all comes to, you know, to fruition in, in his favor. Uh, but, like, I will also say that there were some moments, especially earlier on, uh, in the first couple episodes where I was still trying to get acclimated to the show and its its tone, where I was like, God damn, like, oh, why is this such a big deal? Like, I <laughs> I was sitting there being like, Light, you're a fucking idiot, honestly. You're, you're like, oh, I am the god of the new world. No, you're not. You're a fucking high schooler. <laughs> you're, you're just really smart. Like, you, I think that, you know, and this kind of goes into what I had said earlier, where it's like, the the... The psychological warfare aspect, that part where you really dive into Light's mindset and versus Light's L's mindset, you know, if you if you invest in that, you get a lot out of the show. But if for some reason you can't get invested in it, or it's not interesting to you, or you get that comedic kind of undertone that Iris saw, I think the show definitely suffers for it because it, it lacks in the other areas where it could otherwise grab you. That's my opinion, at least. Yeah, and like definitely 
so much of the show is about Light's ego in particular, right? His 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 all-consuming, not only just like sheer titanium conviction that he is literally a god, you know, but also his his need to essentially outsmart people his need to be the one in the room who knows the most and the one in the room who is pulling one over the eyes of everyone else right and it's it's um i think there's some fantastic character study being done in in this show about like what kind of a person you know finds something like the death note and then goes to the extremes that light does over the course of the next seven years but again you know i just i i think that and, and I think your point is interesting, you know, about Light's ego warping even just the tone of the narrative, uh, Michael. Like, I, that's, that's I think, a really fascinating way to look at it. But I do think it's just there's, there's some of that is lost just because of, at least for me, some of it was lost because of the difficulty of meeting the show at its level. You know, uh, the show saying, hey, this is the energy I'm holding. Come meet me here. It was so far for me that my instinct is just to look at it and go, like, you serious? Like, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, not really. That's not happening. Yeah. And to quickly just cap off this conversation, back with, to what Alex said, I do think that part of it kind of suffers from the fact of our watching schedule. Like, I was really hesitant to bring this uh, anime to this podcast in general just because, like... At least I felt that it was it was one of those anime where if you only watch bits of it, like I did with Cowboy Bebop, <laughs> uh, the vibe of it kind of falls apart. And the important bits are like the most in-your-face bits, but like the surrounding stuff is what allows it allows that stuff to to happen, right? So you know it's it's like it's it's my fault, but you know it's a it's a totally understandable opinion, of course. Mm-hmm, definitely, yeah. I mean, I think those are all. Oh, things we, we we have to consider when making a weekly podcast. Uh, but yeah, real quickly, um, I know we talked a little bit about Light and L, and we're going to talk more about them later. I don't really feel like there's too much other characters in this show that are likable. I mean, everyone else is basically a side character except for Light, L, and then Nier, and to an extension, Mellow. Um, but... Why don't we go with favorite moments? What are y'all's favorite moments uh, in Death Note? And I guess I'll start out with mine. Is I think my favorite moment uh, in the series has to be um, when the second Kira shows up, Misa Amane. Um, not Misa herself, because uh, Misa as a character is, well, she's a little, she's not really a character. She's a fucking <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Um, yeah. But when, uh. when they have the second Kira appear on the TV broadcast and uh, is, like, killing news anchors uh, who've been speaking out against Kira and we're in Elle's perspective and everyone's asking, what is, what is Kira doing? And then at the very end, it's revealed that Light has not had any part in any of uh, the killings or the broadcasts. And I, I love it because up until that point, we'd been seeing uh, a battle between L and Light, uh, this game of wits, uh, this chess game. And it's always them like trying to be one step ahead of the other and uh, playing mind games, doing these tricks, uh, predicting each other, projecting themselves. And I love the introduction of the second Kira because... 
then a whole wrench is thrown into the plan. Everything uh, becomes a lot less structured, a lot more high stakes, a lot more freeform. And I think the series really benefits from the addition of Misa and the fact that she has the Shinigami eyes and the fact that she is, to an extent, unpredictable. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it is like a chess game. Uh, sometimes they all start the same, and sometimes you need a little something to mix it up and make things more interesting. Uh, but yeah, those moments that happen throughout the show that add an extra layer, add an extra complication, are such great moments to these mind game type scenarios we find ourselves in. So, shout out to the best scene in the entire anime, the chip. I mean, I can't, I can't, not, I can't not say the chip. I will. I eat also I, this potato chip. I, I, I want to note, it's a meme, right? The potato chip is a meme, but, and I was talking with my brother with this. In the context of the show, it makes total sense, okay? And you know, if you don't think it makes sense, that's totally fine. But it makes total sense to me that the that's why that's how that's why he says it. Anyway, um. My favorite moment is, I, I kind of have two, but I'll just mention one. Um, the, my favorite moment is when L goes to school with lights, <laughs> because that moment when L and lights, or first of all, like L and light are both, um, they're taking like they're taking their entrance exams, right? And they, they they both score like the best in the class, so they both do the whole speech. And then L just turns to light and be like, I want to tell you, I'm L. And it blew me away because in the same way that it blew light away, because in the next, I think it's the next episode or whatever, but light loses it. He's like, he actually got light. L got him because no matter what light does, even he now that he knows what L even looks like, he can't do anything. It's if it, to me, it was one of the most like outsmarty moves that I've ever seen. Like light was on L's trail, and L just r- like turned back and like punched him in the face and be like, "I'm right here." <laughs> um, it it I don't know. It ha- it was it was such a powerful moment that uh, it was it was a big deal. I think my favorite scene of the ones we watched. Uh, I mean, a definite shout out to the. Um, when they caught the the, uh, the 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 business criminal Kira, right, and they're in the helicopter, and there's like that uh, they're passing around the notebook, and L regains all his memories, and that you know that where he's uh, he's writing the name on the inside of the watch as L is right there, and he's like, I can't let go of this notebook for the next forty seconds, uh, and he I have to wait until he dies. Like that, shout out to that because that was fantastic, uh, and that was I think one of the best you know ways that they like invoked sort of the tension from just waiting over a moment, like stretching a single like short time span to much longer uh, in, you know, in real life watch time. Um, But that one felt good as opposed to like, you know, the last episode where it's like 40 seconds took like 10 minutes and it was like, okay, get (laughs) get to the porn already. Um, But I think my actual favorite moment of the episodes that I watched is the scene where light meets L up on the roof in the rain. Uh, Good scene. Because that evoked a lot of really unexpected emotions uh, from my end. You know, it, it, I, I started feeling like I started feeling bad for L. I started, you know, wondering if Light was going to like have any sort of like remorse or kind of just, you know, any kind of 
uh, mindfulness about his own actions, his own state of being. Like it, it was a, a strangely evocative moment. But I guess the brilliance of it is that the whole time I was like, is this L just really like opening up and being vulnerable? Or is he trying to, you know, trick light into revealing something yet again? Um, and it wasn't super melodramatic, you know, it wasn't like super like hyper, you know, emphasized in this way. It was, you know, L acting kind of weird and he was just, he was standing on a roof in the rain and looking up into the clouds and remembering his, you know, childhood, you know, having like bad flashbacks to his childhood. We got to see actually a little bit behind the mask. Uh, I think that was very powerful. And I also think that served to heighten just the 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 gut impact when a couple of episodes later spoil or what maybe it was the same episode i don't remember same episode. Same episode. it was the same episode yeah so it, it started to heighten the gut impact when the same episode spoiler alert when l dies um and i was like oh shit i i wasn't done with him i didn't want him to go so i think it was a very well done moment uh of sincerity uh amidst a lot of what i had a hard time taking too seriously yeah, adding on to that, I think that it is a really good scene. And it all it has multiple layers because in hindsight, without knowing that L's death is imminent, you can tell that L knows that he's lost. His move on Misa, which is ultimately what forced um what's her name? Rem. <laughs> I forgot the other Shinigami. Rem. Oh, Rem. 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 Not to be confused um, with Rem from ReZero. Oh god. <laughs> um his move on Misa, which eventually, which was, which caused Rem to, to kill uh, L, um, was like a desperation move. He had basically like, he had, it's, it's like a, he was so sure that L and Misa were the, were it. And in, in all the sense of right, he still believed it, right? He believed the whole losing memories thing and whatever, but he couldn't have imagined what would happen after the Yotsuba guy died. Like, he, you could see that in his eyes during that moment, during the rain scene, that he almost, like, didn't know what was about to happen, which is very uncharacteristic of him. And uh, I think that that scene is executed very well. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I'll cap this off by saying that my favorite scene is is more or less the, uh, the reveal of how light was able to switch ownership of the Death Notes between Rem and Ryuk, thereby allowing him and Misa to lose their memories. And I think that, in my opinion, that I feel like that's where Light lost truly, because there was no way Light could comprehend that the way that the Death Notes worked was that if you lost control of them, you lost your memories of what you did with them. So here Light and Misa were acting genuinely completely innocent because they truly believed they were innocent and yet they were the actual kira and second kira and like light knew he was putting those pieces together but he couldn't figure out why it wasn't coming together and why he wasn't able to convincingly convict them both uh when they were in solitary confinement so i think i think overall like especially and we'll discuss the second half of the show uh later but the way that the show builds up its twists and also its stakes, Alex, you had mentioned that, that you know, the introduction of a second Kira, huge wrench. Uh, you know, the way that the, the Yotsuba group comes in, huge wrench. The way that they continuously build up higher stakes in order to com- make the Kira game more complex for both L and Light, 
really, really excellently done right up through Light's death. I think it suffers immensely after Light dies because once Nier and uh, Mello L, come in, L, do you know? or yeah, uh, yeah, uh, because once Nier, Nier and Mello come in, I think the the stakes try to plateau a little bit and they don't really capture that same energy. So, yeah, and, and let's talk about the second season and L's death because. That was a huge moment in the story because up until that point, it was just Light versus L. And literally halfway through the story. So I should make a note here. In the manga, it is uh, at the exact halfway point. I think volume six out of 12 that L dies. And then we have another six episodes, uh, six volumes with Nier and Mello. But it's the halfway point of the story where L dies. And from what I understand, it was a huge shock to a lot of people because you didn't really see it coming until a couple of chapters, a couple of episodes, or in this case, literally the episode that he dies. And personally, I think the pacing of El's death, at least the revelation of why Rem has to kill Misa, uh, not has to kill me, has to kill L. Um, that would be bad. Uh, has to kill L was a little bit rushed, in my opinion. Uh, in the manga, they do take their time to explain Rem's point of view, how how she is making like the ultimate sacrifice, what would happen if she didn't uh, kill L right now, um, and the repercussions of that. So it makes it feel a little bit more, uh, a little bit more potent, uh, have a lot more impact. But, I mean, it's still very shocking when Elle dies. And I think the best moment out of that scene is when Elle looks up at Light. And from the scene that you like, Dyrus, where Light sees Elle on top of the rooftop, we're wondering if Light feels any remorse at all at killing Elle. And then we are greeted with his smug smirk as Elle dies in his arms. And we're finally convinced that Light is through and through, completely far, completely gone. He is 100% the villain of the story. Uh, but yeah, I, I really love that scene. And, and then we're faced with the rest of the season. Granted, it's only about 12 more episodes in the anime. So I do think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, I do think they curbed the pacing of the second half of the story a bit better in the anime, just based on episode numbers versus manga chapters. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that Nier and Mello don't nearly have the same weight as L did. And because the two of them are like split up from one another, it becomes... Uh, the, the, the story gets divided between like a third focusing on Light, a third focusing on Nier, and a third focusing on Mello. And Light and Nier are the two ones that we're used to. They're most like the original relationship Light had with L, and Mello is a little less interesting. So I really think that that whole second season does drag on quite a lot. But yeah, uh, I wanted to know what you thought, especially you, Michael, since you have uh, a lot of experience with the second season and have spared Michael and Mark, uh, Iris and Marcus <laughs> from most of most of it. Yeah, so I, as far as I understand it, anime seasons tend to go like 12 or 13 episodes. So it's kind of like the first two seasons are L L's, and then the last third season is Nier and Mellow. Um, so it's like two-thirds and then one-third. 
Um, I can't speak to how the anime is paced, at least the, the back half, I mean. Um, I will say the second season does go pretty fast. Um, so just to fill people in. So the second season starts off with Mello kidnapping Light's sister. And they know that L Light and uh, uh, Chief Yagami have have the death note. So Mello tries to like swap it, like do a swap and things go wrong and uh, his dad dies. And honestly, that part is not good. It's, it's <laughs> like it's not good. Um, I remember doing a rewatch a couple of weeks ago. And in that part, and this is before Teru Mikami is introduced, and I'll get to him in a second. But that part with Mello and like the the building that Nier is in being uh, like uh, uh, assaulted by the mob, and uh, the money is flying everywhere. It it really feels like the the tone kind of fell off a cliff. Like Light somehow also becomes like more stupid in that part. <laughs> I don't know what happens. He like doesn't know what's going on he's like what happened oh my god he did that and i'm like the, the the first half of the show was all him like i knew he would did he would do that um so in a sense you can kind of see like lights gotten complacent after his years at the japanese police force and he thinks that he's gotten all in the bag and so mellow and near kind of disrupt that feeling but it feels very much like lights like lost his power somehow um but i will say the last, like, five episodes of that second season, I really like. Specifically when they introduce Teru Mikami as the sort of... Uh, they kind of shove Misa to the side, which is a little unfortunate. <laughs> but they, uh, they, they make Teru Mikami the sort of, like, surrogate Kira. Um, and his character really fascinates me. Um... M mo mostly because he says delete a lot. Uh, just kidding. Um, but oh, you're just kidding because honestly, I really fucking enjoyed that aspect of that character. <laughs> delete, delete. Cybermen from Doctor Who energy. <laughs> delete. <laughs> this delete. Guy. delete, 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 um. delete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, like, yeah. Um. Should we talk about like the ending yet, or should we should we hold? Uh, on? I think I think we can. Uh, at this point, we're almost forty minutes into the episode. Okay, um, so I know that some people don't like the ending. I think, um, as Iris said, it does come off as kind of melodramatic. Like it, it comes off as overly dramatic in a, in a way that, in my opinion, is like more overly dramatic than normal somehow. Um, but I love the ending specifically because of how it how it played out effectively it the like the the reason that light lost was because teru mikami was too devoted to him and that notion right there is is like it's it's like that by itself is like oh that's so cool that that's how it played out like the the reason that Light doesn't know that Teru's, uh, that, oh, sorry, the reason that Teru doesn't know that his death note has been switched is because him and Light both killed the, the same person in the exact same way at the exact same time for the exact same reason, right? They're both on so, such higher plane of thinking <laughs> um, and their, like, brainwaves are overlapping that they couldn't think that the other person would do it, um, 
and so yeah that twist honestly it like it was huge um the fact that because again it's not the fact that Nier was able to swap it out right it's the fact that Teru took like interrupted his schedule his schedule that he meets every single day all the time that Nier and w- was studying the whole time so they were able to swap the notebook so Light was relying on that to make sure that the swap was actually the the bad swap. But Nier, because Teru actually got his thing and killed um, her, I forgot her name. Um, and, <laughs> and because Nier knew that, or it's just, as Iris was saying, and was Marcus was saying, it, there's a lot of, there's it's convoluted and there's twisty. But I, I love that shit <laughs> because it all works in my opinion. It's, like, so twisted that you have to, like, untangle it all. Like, you're untangling some headphone cables that were, like, stuck together for three years that's been in your desk and collecting dust that, like, it's it's when it eventually just all comes together and you realize what all of the pieces were, were doing. It's it's It was awesome. So that's what I'll say in the finale. I know I don't definitely, this opinion is not shared by everyone here, but that's my take. I have no, like further criticism or like anything to follow that up with other than to say it is such a joy to watch you nerd out about this (laughs) (laughs) what i'll say is that michael michael basically just had us watch the last five episodes of season two season three whatever you want to call it and i think that was a great uh, a great decision because as as michael as you said it's terumikuri and it's also uh light's old girlfriend uh someone takata uh, Takata's her last name. I don't remember her first name. Tanaka. 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 T- thank you. Um, so, those two characters... Wait, no, sorry. That's someone totally different. Never mind. Keep going. It is Takata. <laughs> okay, I was right. In any case, those two characters play such a huge role in the way that the finale ends up playing out that that honestly felt like it reached that zenith of, of the, the psychological warfare that the first uh, season had been depending on for so long. Um and honestly, the, the the biggest criticism I have of the ending is Nier, because if Nier was just replaced with L in that entire sequence, it would have made the show so much fucking better. Bingo. Like, bingo. Absolutely. I said that Absolutely. word for word. Absolutely. Word for word, I said that when we watched it. It's just, it's sad watching, you know, somebody who, who was designed, I guess, to surpass L in, in, in that way, or like created so that you know he would you know either be l's apprentice or like be better than l as a as a detective just fall short of like the realization that you you've like outpaced light or like you've outsmarted light like the way that l would do that was was clinical it was really fun to watch it was it truly made it felt like light and l were these two you know giants duking it out in in the mind space with near it was like Ah, ha, ha, I got you. Like that's basically what it felt like in in the in the finale. Where it's like you've lost, light. Ha, ha. You didn't think that I could outsmart you, but I did. Like that's <laughs> essentially what Nier says like three times. And that's the words. entire show, though. <laughs> what you and just like, said there. I, I get that's the entire show, and yet you're just Nier just didn't put didn't put the spin on it. I felt that's true. And like, I also think. Like, I don't think that there's anything necessarily bad about Nier's voice actor, at least in the dub, but the, making him a child certainly felt, it certainly made it feel more juvenile in the way that 
the the whole kind of final confrontation con- confrontation played out l being light's age or close to it made it f- feel like this was much more you know like a contemporary battle between contemporaries which is what made it feel much more kind of believable to me so yeah i, I that was really my only um my only criticism of but as you said michael like the way that the way that light's downfall comes from his and I'm going to use the word disciple only because I feel like there is a huge god complex, god disciple complex between the two. Acolyte. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that like the ultimate folly is that he had somebody so devoted to him that he did what he like. He did what Light was going to do before Light thought like that he wasn't going to do it. Like that. That was a great twist, and it was it was a great way to end the series. Yes, Iris, I do believe that those last two episodes should have been just compressed into one because that last episode is him is like basically laughing maniacally for half of the episode, walking off after he gets shot a bunch of times and then dying on a stairwell. So, yeah, yeah. I didn't need to see that. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head for my problems with the finale, right? It just it did not feel satisfying the way that Nier delivered it. Uh, and I will, you know, confess, you know, what I watched of the the uh, the, you know, the final couple of arcs, you know, with Nier and Mello was, I mean, I think literally just like those last two episodes. I'm going to actually steal the way that Alex described it to me, uh, <laughs> you know, much to his chagrin. Um, but the way that he described uh, Nier and Mello, uh, unless you'd like to repeat this, Alex. Oh, no, go ahead. I'm just going to go after you. Yeah, um, the way that Alex described Nier and Mello to me when he was summarizing some of the episodes that we were skipping over, because, you know, we just didn't have time to watch every single one, was that, you know, if L is this impulsive genius, right, he's got this brilliant intellect and this, you know, like, unpredictable impulsivity that still, you know, wars with his, like, sense of just, like, absolute Sherlock Holmes-level thoroughness and precision, right? If you've got these two sides, then when Nier and Mello come along, Nier is the genius and Mello is the impulsivity, Right. And that just feels lacking, you know, and, and the way that it played out with with uh, Nier trying so hard in mannerisms and the speech patterns and just the way he delivered it. It felt like it felt like the kid was trying to fill the shoes, to fill the mantle, to fill the persona that L had and just not quite getting there. And so then to have that be our antagonist right to have that or be you know the foil when light is finally defeated just it, it was a little underwhelming you know i wish that l had still been there for that episode not that i want to undercut the the like the gut punch that is l's death because that's a very important scene and i think it, you know the show the the anime the story would be worse for not having that but near just you know didn't didn't get there for me i the other thing I do want to say is that, you know, I think it was episode like two or three, uh, you know, at the end of one. Of, I think it was right after he said the phrase, Light said the phrase, I will be the god of the new world for the very first time. I turned to Alex and I said, this guy's megalomania is going to be the thing that t- kills him in the end. And I do, you know, for all of this, for all that we focus on Light as our protagonist, I do appreciate that at the end of the day, he was still the villain. You know, he was still the serial serial killer to be, you know, caught and executed. Uh, and I appreciate that, you know, I mean, yes, it was like uh, Mikami's 
fanatical devotion to him, but it was also Lex Ego. The fact that he thought there was no way that he could have been outsmarted. You know, there were so many little choices in that final sequence. If if he had just previously instructed Mikami to not walk inside, if he had resisted saying, looks like I win, Nier, like in the <laughs> final five seconds, like if he had been able to like keep in his laughter about thinking that he had won, if he had just left the task force after L died... You know, and been satisfied with, like, having this godlike power instead of having this, like, obsessive need to constantly be in these game, these mind games, this back and forth, you know, chess with, like, lives, you know, if he did not constantly need to be outsmarting people. There are so many ways that he could have walked away from that and, and actually gotten what he wanted. Uh, but he's a dumb, egotistical piece of shit, and he could not help himself. He literally could not help himself. So I appreciate that. You know, through it all, that was the thread that tied the entire narrative together. Yeah, I think that's that's a that's like a really good summation about like the for me part for me part of the strength of the ending. I wanted to comment on your both uh, Iris's and Marcus's things about Nier because I completely agree. Basically, um, I will say it is big brain though. Um, that the reason, again, back to the convoluted plot twist, <laughs> the reason that the whole thing happened in the first place was because because of Mello, right? As you said, L is both impulsive and genius, and so they kind of they kind of did split him up. But what what really was profound to me, at least, was when Nier at the end said, "L by himself couldn't defeat Kira." It had to be near and mellow working together to, to, to defeat to defeat Kira. And in that way, I really liked that just that, just that, just that part of near and mellow's sort of characterization in this show as a sort of yes, a sort of successor and combination of L, but it was one of those things where it felt more appropriate that it ended that way than if L was still alive. As you said, Iris, L's death is really important to this show. And so I think in some sense, they kind of wrote themselves into a, oh God, oh God, we killed Moriarty. Oh, let's just bring Moriarty back for the third season of Sherlock. Yeah, Moriarty kind of had two sons, you know, Mori yeah. and Artie. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's a thing. But I, I will say, except for the first half of the second season, I think that what they did with what they had was really good still, personally. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, apologies. I'm going to be talking for a bit. Uh, right. Okay, Michael, I completely agree with your, uh, your assessment of the ending because while the second season is many, not a lot of people's favorites, uh, certainly wasn't my favorite when I wrote it, the ending is like the final reveal of all of these mind games coming together. And it was just so satisfying when I, when I watched it um, and when I read it in the manga. Uh, but being the token weeb here, I am going to have to push up my glasses with my middle finger and say the manga did it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the manga's ending differs from... The uh, well, first off, I should step back a little bit. Uh, so the Death Note manga was written by 
Sigumi Oba, and it was illustrated by Takeshi Obata, which is pretty unique in the manga world because usually it is one person who is writer and illustrator for the manga. Uh, but these two split it up. One focused specifically on the writing, one focused specifically on the art. And it really shows because you have this crazy cerebral storyline. And in the manga, you have this beautiful art, artwork, um, extremely detailed, uh, not something that could be done while you were also writing the story. And it really comes together in the scene in the warehouse. Uh, there's a lot of use of black negative space in the shadows of the warehouse, painting light in a really dem uh, like dark uh, glow. And I, I do think the anime doesn't really translate that as well. The, the warehouse look doesn't look, really look dark. It just looks gross and wet. Um, and I think that kind of subtracts from it a little bit, the, the gravity of the scene. And, uh, but that's just aesthetics. Uh, for the story, it is pretty much the same story up until when Mikami kills himself in the uh, warehouse. So in the manga, what happens is that um, after lights like writhing on the floor, begging Misa to kill people, begging Mikami to kill people, he finally turns towards Ryuk, the demon attached to the Death Note that has been following him around for uh, from the very first episode, from the very first chapter. And he, like, reaches out to Ryuk, and he begs Ryuk. He's like, Ryuk, kill, kill them for me. Well, you can do it. You have your death note. Why don't you kill them for me? And Ryuk, being the same carefree demon who is just there to be a spectator and watch, he just simply says, no, looks like you've lost light. Uh... I mean, I've, I told you from the very beginning I'm going to write your name in my notebook and I'm going to do it right now in front of you. And so Light doesn't run out of the warehouse. He dies in that warehouse in the manga. And we have this really satisfying moment where uh, Ryuk writes his name in the Death Note and he shows it to Light. And Light has an absolute breakdown as he's like, no, erase it, do something. Can't you do anything? And Ryuk says, you know the rules, right? You've known them for all these years. Once you write a name in the death note, nothing can change that. And we see Light like break down for 40 seconds until he eventually has a heart attack. Uh, and then we just get two solid black pages in the manga. And it's just so well done. The... The, the, I mean, we've been kind of rooting against Light for this whole time. And to see him kind of get his comeuppance at the very end was immensely satisfying to me as a reader. In the anime, however, it, it takes a different stance. Um, Light goes out, uh, he runs away uh, with his gunshot wounds into uh, the sunset, basically. And we get this really almost poignant scene of him uh, in a warehouse. The sun is streaming through the, the shutters. We can see the rays of light landing on his face. And he has this really peaceful death. Whereas in the manga, you can see his face contorted uh, from the heart attack he just uh, suffered. And it almost seems like 
we're supposed to feel sorry for Light in the anime. And so I wanted to get your opinions on that ending scene of Light, like, dying peacefully, of uh, having a quote-unquote good death. Because it, it does seem to say, uh, be that the show, the director, is wanting us to feel sympathetic to him at the very end, after he's killed all these people. So yeah, I wanted to know what you all think about that. Um, yeah, I guess I'll start. I actually, I think I watched a video a few weeks ago after my rewatch on the differences between that ending, the differences on that ending between the manga and anime. And um, I definitely agree to a certain extent that the manga's ending feels, like, powerful. It feels like it was, it felt satisfying. Maybe that's a way to phrase it. Um, but in the same way, that video also says that, and I agree with this personally, that the two endings aren't necessarily, one of them is necessarily better than another one. They're different. Like, in a, in a way, it almost substantially um, changes what the mood and the tone is of the show at the end. And specifically of Light's characterization. Um, I do agree with your point on, it kind of feels like we're trying it's try that the show is trying to build sympathy sympathy for light i think however what the intention of that last scene was um because also before he gets to that other warehouse he also is like um and this is this is the part that i really enjoyed he's like he's like running away from them right he's just running he's just running and you can see that facing him is himself Back when he got the death note, before he got the death note, just walking by, right? He literally, like, he literally brushes aside, or not brushes aside, he, he, he comes, he, he, he passes it by, right? And also at the same time, near, back in the warehouse, is like, shouldn't we go get him? And, and near is like, it's over. It doesn't matter. He's dead anyway. Um, and that last sort of, poignant same same deal with ryuk saying like you know the rules i'm gonna i'm gonna kill you so i might as well just kill you right now um for me it was less about sympathy and more about like a sense of uh sorrowful dramatic irony that again the show the show's tone sort of twists around Light's uh, aura, maybe. And in a sense, the show is, in that, in that scene, being like, hey, maybe Light, now that he's lost, maybe he realized what he did, right? In that moment... He has this moment of reflection of what has he become from this death note, right? And in the end, it is still him. It is still his actions that cause, causes his downfall. But in a sense, Light 
Light's outlook at the end is much more, or sorry, not not Light's outlook, but the world's outlook is much more hopeful that like finally it's over. It feels very much like Light's death. It it fe- it feels like it's like um it's like salvation. It felt in the way that it's his peaceful death occurs. It feels like it's like a it's like a breath of fresh air. I'm gonna take a couple different different takes on that, and and let me first start by saying that I think hearing you describe the man- the manga's ending, Alex, I think I probably would have preferred it overall. I think it feels more final in the way that it just kind of chops lights heads off, lights head off, and is like, "You are done. You lost. You fucked up. I am giving you a heart attack." Um, and like, I don't think that's necessarily a way to say that it doesn't want the the, the viewer to think about what life's impact was because i think that definitely felt more like the objective of the anime's ending in my in my opinion michael i think the the way that the anime puts the ending around light is more an emphasis on how he lost and i think the the critical part that kind of convinced me about that is that l's kind of his like image or whatever appears in front of him as he's dying before he closes his eyes i think that you know, I don't think that Light necessarily feels regret in what he did. He certainly has too big of an ego to feel like, you know, what he did was a mistake. But I feel like he definitely never considered the option, the possibility that he would lose. And now that he's faced with the, you know, the reality that he has lost, he is tired. He is incredibly sad and defeated. And, like, he realizes that, like, his view of the, of the world that he could have built is gone. And it's gone with his death. And I think it's somber for similar reasons as you gave, but not necessarily with the same kind of tone spin that I think it gave, at least in my opinion. I think that um, with Light's death being so much about his loss, it makes you think, you know, it still makes you feel like there is no, there is no question about it. Light was the villain. They didn't need to feel any sort of like, you know, the, you didn't have to feel like maybe Light made a mistake or maybe Light, you know, got too big for his britches. No, he lost because he was the villain and he underestimated his opponent finally. And that's what cost him his life. Um, and, and with all that said, I think that even even though, you know, Kira or, or Light dies, Kira not doesn't hasn't necessarily died yet. And like, obviously, there's no other part of the show afterwards that kind of you know explains what happens to kira but i think uh light does explain this as he's like you know as he's been revealed he's like you know kira is part of the law now kira is a worldwide phenomenon you can't get rid of you know who kira is and to an extent i feel like he kind of has a point like kira has you know more or less gotten on the good side of the police at least in japan he you know has a huge follower cult following or whatever so like there there certainly is something to be said about, you know, what the world might look like in the future after Light dies. And obviously, you know, Kira will no longer exist. But at the same time, I think that there is some, some smidge of maybe it's hope, maybe it's despair, maybe it's, you know, the, the reality that the world has changed uh, with the introduction of, you know, Kira as the, the criminal serial killer. Uh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to ruin this for myself. The reason that it felt so powerful to me in hindsight 
is because it's like Thanos' ending. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of at the end of Infinity War, when he just sort of sits down and he's just like, "Ah, okay, we're done." (laughs) Okay, you know that's it. End the episode. End the episode. Get me out of here. It popped into my brain, and I can't not say it anymore. Uh, 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 All right, I'll just. I'll just posit this. I do. I do think that what you said, Michael, is uh, pretty interesting on how the two different endings uh, make us feel and if there is value in them because they really do twist the shows and the mangas' um, themes on like human nature and death and justice as well. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's food for thought. Uh, I, I really would like to um, see what other people come to their own conclusions so yeah check out death note it is all on netflix right now uh only 37 episodes not too long of a watch uh but that'll do it for us folks thank you so much for listening uh this week's mini animated short that you can watch on youtube is uh death by lemonade with by spelled b-u-y like you're buying something it's death by lemonade uh by cuban lee So go check that out. I thought I'd have to pick a death-related episode for today's show. But uh, thank you so much for listening again, everybody. And you will hear from us next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone.